Welcome to Leo Roundtable at leoroundtable.com. My name is Chip DeBlock and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals to talk about law enforcement issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. And let me go ahead and introduce our crew to you guys. If you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, uh, we have attorney and former federal prosecutor Ward Mythaller, all the way from Costa Rica this evening, I believe. And we also have all retired uh, this evening. We have Chief John Newman. Uh, we have Captain Brett Bartlett. Uh, Lieutenant Randy Sutton, we have Corporal David D. Gresta, Officer Andrea Casal, and we have Producer Will Statzer. So I believe that I got everybody. We've got a full crew this evening. So uh, so thanks, guys. Hey, also a shout out to our sponsors. Uh, we have Galls, Guardian Alliance Technologies, GunLearn.com, MyMedicare.Live, and we're powered by Pexip. Wow, do we have some great stories for you. And you know, uh, we got some great videos uh, for people that are listening to our show on the radio or on a podcast. I We realize that you're not watching the videos that we're talking about, so I'll try the, to, in, in great, in, in, I guess in great detail, I'm gonna try to describe to you what's going on with the videos. Uh, but if you go to our Facebook page, which is a Leo Roundtable, or simply watch the episodes that producer Will is uploading Tuesday through Saturday, you'll be able to watch those videos that we have in the show. So uh, on Facebook, we kind of put them up before the live show so you can watch it before during or after that show so uh, so without wasting any more time let's go and go to our first main topic it's on policetribune.com commission wants change after da determined police shooting was justified prior to shooting then later they made the ruling official now i, I thought this was a very interesting article ward i'm hoping to get your input on this uh beaver county pennsylvania so an officer involved shooting case involving the pennsylvania state police those troopers uh, they consulted with the district attorney, so the local guy, about using deadly force in a 2016 standoff, and that's become a topic of uh, discussion for the Pennsylvania governor, Tom Wolf's uh, State Law Enforcement Citizen Advisory Commission. Now, the district attorney, he was involved in the decision-making process to have uh, the troopers, a sniper fire on the suspect, and uh, it was determined, I guess, determining whether or not uh, the troopers' use of deadly force was going to be appropriate. This is according to WESA. Whether or not the shooting was justified has not become an issue concern, but the prosecutor's involvement has raised questions. So the Beaver County District Attorney David Lozer uh, said that he responded to the scene of a standoff that day and that um, he was... Um, continuing conversations with troopers regarding what was happening. And he says that we were discussing as the situation worsened, uh, the use of force parameters to make sure the state police were running the scene and that they were in agreement with each other. And he said that we were all being, I guess, uh, operating in the smart way that we're responding to a violent situation. So we wanna make sure that everybody was on the same page and they're doing things responsibly. So the gunman opened fire on police at one point during this melee and ultimately killed himself after being shot by the, uh, by the PSP trooper. Uh, the sniper I'm, I'm suspecting. So Lozer said that the issue of whether the case uh, should have been handed off to an outside prosecutor for final review, it never came up, but now he acknowledges uh, doing so might've been a better option. And a quote from him says that, we did a review and everything was in compliance with use of force protocols and the statute. And he said that looking back on it, maybe different decisions uh, would have been made as far as outside review goes. So that's what we have. I'm curious what you guys think, and especially Ward, what you have to say about this. I was called upon from time to time to make decisions with respect to searches and search warrants and how to carry it out. I had no problem with that. This was an extremely interesting article to me. I've never been called upon 
that make decisions like this. I'd be very uncomfortable, frankly, making decisions like this. I think they're different than a simple search warrant issue because I would want to rely on the officer's experience and training of whether deadly force is necessary or not. That being said, if I were the DA and people wanted my decision on it, I would bone up on the law and, and give them that advice. But this is a this is a very interesting topic. I, I generally don't like the idea of lawyers making decisions of when cops should use uh, deadly force or not, just like I don't like lawyers second-guessing the military whether in, in the middle of a military exercise. But but the whole, in, the whole idea is very interesting to me, and I think it should be discussed. All right. Thank you, Ward. Makes sense. Um, I know we got Chief Newman. We got Randy Sutton. Go ahead, guys. Chime in. Go ahead, Chief. I, I agree with Ward. I, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's good practice. Um, you know, we have we have the state attorney's office here in you know Florida will come out post uh, shooting and they'll walk the scene and they'll be part of the investigation after the event. But I don't think it's a good practice. And I really, I'll be honest with you, I've been up to Pennsylvania, you know, uh, state police. I've been in their academy before. It's a first class organization. I hope this is a harbinger for other folks to realize you don't want to introduce those attorneys too early unless they're that intimately familiar with what your policies are um, and when or been involved in that type of training. I think it needs to come on the other end. Um, and I hope more agencies sit up and take notice that you might be thinking you're doing yourself a favor, but you're not. Now they find themselves in that position where it's a conflict. And should they kick this to another independent organization to review it, when had they stayed out of it, they would have not been in that position. So I agree with Ward 100%. Not a good practice. Excellent. All right, Randy. I think what um, what they did was added an, an entirely new layer uh, onto the use of force decision making, which was not the proper thing to do. Now, why'd they do it? And I, I think this is this is really the crux of the issue. And that is, police departments are running scared when it comes to, down to use of deadly force. So they they thinking that they were adding, uh, you know, getting expert advice from a district attorney, they were covering their, their butts. That's what they were doing. And uh, this was this was an, an added um, uh, component that was a dangerous thing to do. And, 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 and as we see now, it's backfired on them. But I think this is symptomatic of what's happening across the country when it comes down to police use of force. All right. Thank you. Uh, Captain, you want to close this out on this? Yeah, what's interesting is if, let's say, the attorney's there and gives advice and the cop shoots the bad guy, kills the bad guy, and the family sues, does that preclude the lawsuit? All the cop has to say was, on, on advice of my attorney, I shot that guy. Go, go speak to my attorney about that. Go speak to the prosecutor, not me. I did what that guy said I could do. I'm out. All right, thank you. Yeah, but, right. but, but Chip, and I'm not, Chip, I'm not sure when you're going to have the article where the city was awarded $67 million on a shooting that was alleged, that was declared to be justified. So there's another side of this discussion, 67 million sides of this discussion that we'll probably talk about in just a little bit. All right, thanks, Chief. So moving along here, guys, let's go to our, uh, our update here. Um, we are on uh, Police One and also PoliceTribune.com. Jury finds Kim Potter guilty of manslaughter and Dante Wright's death. So we're in, in Minneapolis. Um, you know, look, this has been all over the news. Um, jurors convicted former Brooklyn City Police Officer Kimberly Potter um, of both manslaughter counts that were filed against her. They did this on Thursday in the fatal shooting of Dante Wright, and they made her the third officer in Minnesota to be convicted of killing a civilian on the job. 
If the jury had six women and six men, they reached their uh, verdicts after receiving the case on Monday afternoon. They convicted Potter of one count each of first and second degree manslaughter for killing Wright uh, on an April 11th traffic stop. Um, I know that we've talked about that. Um, I talked about the case, you know, on the show a lot. I know that I personally have said that I felt that it was a training issue. Um, and I don't think that she should have been charged. That being said, I don't want to be one of these people that second guesses our judicial system. I still feel like I have to believe in it. I choose to live in this country. I love this country. Um, so even though I'm not, you know, happy with the decision, I feel like I have to have some faith in our, in our, in our, in our criminal justice system and the, in the court system. Uh, Lieutenant Randy, how do you deal with this? I think this is an outrageous decision. This, uh, this, there was absolutely zero intent. This was very clear from the video, from everything. This should have been a civil case um, and not a criminal case. And the only reason that they were that, that she was charged criminally was because of the the uh, social mores that uh, that, are, that are, have now engulfed this country. And uh, I, I don't have any faith in this in this jury at all. Um, I'm disgusted at the verdict. Um, two counts yet. Two counts. It's outrageous. It's outrageous what they did to this woman. And uh, and you know uh, this. This is a chilling, chilling thing for cops all, all across America to see. Thanks, Lieutenant. All right, Ward. Ward and Brett. I've objected for some time now with respect to these charges. I don't like the verdict at all. I agree with you, Chip, that this is what the collective wisdom of the jury decided. I accept that. I certainly disagreed with the verdict in the O.J. Simpson criminal trial. Uh, but we just have to accept these things and move on. Someone has to be the final arbiter of these things. All right. Thank you, Ward. Captain? And, and Brett, I, I, I like the shirt. I know Lieutenant Randy loves the shirt because you're wearing his shirt. So, and you can, uh, you know, Randy, unmute that microphone and tell our users where they can uh, uh, get the shirt and support the movement again. Absolutely. Thewoundedblue.org. That's thewoundedblue.org. That's our website. We are the National Assistance and Support Organization for Injured and Disabled Law Enforcement Officers. And uh, Relentless Defender makes all of our clothing. So check it out. There's some great shirts and there's all kinds of new cool stuff coming out soon for Christmas for those people you love. Did you have a comment for the last video? Or the, I or did. Last uh, yeah, I, I did. Because you mentioned, and you know, uh, the, the jury system is the best in the world, but sometimes you just got to shake your head at them. And I used to have faith in the jury, and I, and I think I still do, but I used to have faith in the voting system as well, and I'm not sure I have any of that left over, but um, I don't know. You remember I always say this, a jury is 12 people that weren't smart enough to get off of it. Well, I tell you what, guys, we got to take a commercial break. Look, we will be right back. Hold that thought, Captain. Let's talk about Medicare. Yes, we're all getting older, especially us retirees. Um, so Medicare insurance options. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County, Florida alone. That's where I'm at. These benefits, they can change annually. So how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? 
You can contact mymedicare.live or call area code 813-245-6656 if you're in Hillsborough County or also the Villages, Florida. Uh, as a matter of fact, you know, we've got uh, Bobby Holder and James uh, Jim Jim Gabble that'll respond to you, talk to you, and uh, or talk to you over the phone if you if you need them to. They'll explain to you in person how to save money on your medication co-pays. They'll help you find plans that your doctors actually accept and they'll actually get you more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, 813-245-6656 or call or, or go to mymedicare.live on the internet. And also GALS, you know, uh, we used to call them GALS Law Enforcement Supply. They're pretty much everything but guns and ammunition. Uh, everybody on the show here, we're all big fans of GALS. I've worked with GALS personally for uh, for decades now. I went to the website before the show, Brett, um, to, uh, you know, a few minutes ago, and actually they've got uh, 40% off of certain things, 20% off of uh, select uh, footwear they've got um you know the 40 percent that they're offering it's off of some special stuff they've limited supplies on so guys go to goals.com they've got a, a tactical christmas stocking uh that goes on the fireplace bread that looks really really cool so uh guys check out goals Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. Uh, hey, Brett, I was hoping to get your attention when I threw in that little tactical, you know, uh, Christmas sock, you know, but I don't know. Did I? Yeah, you got my attention. Next. <laughs> wow. All right. Thank you, um, and Andrea. And Andrea, I'm trying not to look at John Newman's screen because he's got like the strobe going off. And thank God I don't have epileptic seizures <laughs> or I would be already convulsing by now. But go ahead, Andrea. Oh, I thought my jacket might do it for you. Um, I, real quick, I I am not shocked by the verdict um, at all. I actually figured that this is how it was going to go. I do think that it's unfortunate. I was hoping that it would um, it would come out differently, but um, but I'm not shocked. I think that we all kind of knew with how things are going in the country right now. I think they're starting to take a little bit of a turn, but I do feel like you know it's it's no shock. I think people have an opinion on this, but if you watch that video, I just don't see how. I mean, you could tell immediately. She said. Oh no! Yeah, like she and they, she was surprised at what she had done. So I just think that 100%. This was a training issue. Whether or not we agreed to the extent of that training issue, it was a problem, and it wasn't anything intentional. I, I just I I did not feel comfortable with this verdict, but I'm not surprised whatsoever. Well, you know, one thing I'm really curious, Andrea, is um, I want to find out what happened in the in the uh, in the jury room when we had a holdout. You know, we thought we might have a hung jury, and uh, and, and maybe Ward. I don't know if, if anybody wants to make a prediction on that, but I. I'm. I kind of anticipate hearing something that we may even find disturbing on, on how that went down. I suspect we had at least one holdout. They ended up changing their mind. Um, I don't know if you, Andrew, your mic's still open. I bet so they were unsettled. No, I bet they were unsettled. I bet it was one of those things where you know what do we do here? You know, I mean, the facts are the facts, um, but they really didn't take the actual facts into play when they made their decision. And I think that's what's unfortunate because I think that they're sitting there thinking, I don't know how we don't convict her, you know, based on the fact that a life was lost, but it wasn't lost at, she didn't do anything intentionally. She didn't do anything. Um, it, it just, it, it was a training issue. I really think she pulled the wrong, the wrong tool. Yeah, well, I mean, and I, I see uh, Randy and John, your mic show open, but you know, it, it, you know, she was charged with a uh, with a negligent, you know, manslaughter is more of a negligence kind of angle. So I, I, you know, I, I know that they, are, I, I guess, just the prosecution convinced them to go, you know, a different route on that. Um, but uh, John and Randy, we got uh, four and a half minutes. I, I have a question uh, so for the, Ward. My my question for Ward is, how do they justify um, convicting on two 
separate charges for the same um, for the same event? Good question. Ward? There we go. Bueller? Uh, I, I can't... Uh, I can't answer that, Randy. It's a good question. I'd have to look, I'd have to review what the jury instructions were and what the actual law was. If they if they if they're guilty of the more serious offense, they're probably also guilty of the less serious offense. Um, this this was not. I mean, there's no doubt this woman was negligent. No doubt in my mind at all. But but generally, a manslaughter is not an issue of negligence. It's an issue of culpable negligence or recklessness or deliberate indifference, that sort of thing. And I just don't think, in general, they met the standards here for for either of the two convictions, especially the more serious one. Chief. So, so I, Ward, Ward, I just have an observation. So, if I'm a famous actor who's shooting a western, I need to be a little worried right now. <laughs> oh no, no, they're not up in Minnesota. They're in Arizona, <laughs> so the raw might be different. Because if I'm a famous actor shooting a, a western, I had a accidental discharge and someone died I, I'm, I'm losing a little bit of sleep right now and I, I just look at the two two and it's, I, I'm different obviously it's going to be the state law I'm not saying this to be a but both of them in both those cases the intent isn't there so you know it'll be what the difference would be and, I, and I'm not the only one making those parallels but it, it is uh, it's something that makes you sit up and take notice that's for sure Thanks. And I know that we just, I know we got two and a half minutes and I'm going to move on to another topic in a second, but I know that just, I remember Brett talking a lot, you know, Brett's still a trainer and uh, he's a firearm expert and uh, he actually got certified at gunlearn.com in case you guys, uh, you know, you'll remember the name when I say it in a minute. Yeah, we get two thumbs up from Brett on that. Uh, but we did talk about um, in training, you know, that you don't carry your taser typically on the same side that you do your firearm. We, we call it the non-dominant side. We don't call it the weak side. Uh, and you can do a cross draw or it, it, anyhow. In this particular case, I did some research and found out that, you know, during the trial it was revealed that she did have it on the opposite side. And um, of course the holsters, you know, they uh, they break differently, the weight's different. Um, and, and I looked at the certifications she had from being taser certified, I mean, there were so there must have been close to ten, it seemed like, um, of, of years of in service she gone through and got certified. So I was surprised because I was thinking that maybe she carried the taser on the same side as the gun, kind of confused, and that would make it more of a training issue. But that's not what happened, Chief. You know, there was a, a special about two weeks ago during this trial that Alan Dershowitz discussed exactly what you're saying, Chip, and said there has been something like a dozen or a dozen and a half of these cases over the years. And at no time were the officers where there was a, you know, a shooting, a, a fatality, or or the or the, uh, you know, the apprehension was a taser and the person got shot or dead, and they've never were brought up on charges before. So they there have been cases like this across the country, even though they're teaching the cross draw, non dominant hand to pull out the taser. Yet those didn't result in a criminal uh, filing and uh, you know a, a subsequent you know a, a guilty verdict. Yeah, and I know hers was not a cross draw, uh, but because so she would have had the draw, you know, had had the draw with her left hand and then transfer, unless she was just going to use her non-dominant hand to use the taser, 
but yeah, it's it, it's all messed up. And then of course, you know, we had a reserve. That remember that guy that was what in the seventies, the re, the uh, the deputy. Uh, he pretty much got a, a deputy badge from the sheriff, I think, because it was a buddy, maybe a campaign con contributor, and he's in jail, I think, still from uh, from you know shooting the guy instead of tasing him. So, um, guys, we've got around uh, fifteen seconds. So before we do our next break, so just to whet the appetite on the very first and bizarre video, policetribune.com, a cop lets a suspect pull a gun on him in a bizarre confrontation. When you guys watch this, and I'll describe it to you in great detail in a second, it will drive you just completely crazy. We're in Oklahoma City right now, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Police released a body cam video of an officer involved shooting. It shows an armed suspect repeatedly pointing a weapon, and I mean repeatedly, at a rookie officer, and he tried to disarm this officer before the, the cop, he finally, you know, fired his weapon. Um, now, remember on the video, if you're listening to this on, you know, podcast or on one of our nationally syndicated radio stations, go to our Facebook page, Leo Roundtable, or watch the episodes that producer Will puts up Tuesday through Saturday in order to watch the video. Uh, so the uh, incident happens about 8.15 in the evening, December the 8th, when Oklahoma City Police Officer Andrew Ash, he responds to a disturbance call. Now. Officer Ash approaches the suspect in the breezeway of an apartment building as the man is walking away from him with his hands in both of his pockets. Commercial break, we'll be right back. So look, let's talk about industry leader and in technology solutions for law enforcement. It's Guardian Alliance Technologies. Their software will cut background investigators' time in half. Now, we all know that there's a call for more accountability and hiring and selecting who gets to wear the badge. With Guardian, they develop a CGIS compliant background investigative software platform that helps weed out problematic applicants in record time. With Guardian, the entire background check process is more comprehensive, but it's also much faster for both the agency and the applicants. There's no upfront fees or long-term commitments, so I strongly recommend that you visit them today at guardianalliancetechnologies.com. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. You know, I saw uh, Bob Chandler is watching us on YouTube. Uh, a lot of us used to work with Bob. So, uh, hey, giving a shout out to you, Bob Chandler. Um, so, yes, so the man's later identified as 40-year-old Antoine Hill. So he stops, he faces the officer, and then he turns slightly away, and he starts messing with something in his right-hand pocket. So the officer starts to back away from the armed suspect after he sees the gun, but the officer remains calm. And the officer says, okay, Put it down on the ground. This is what he's telling our bad guy, Hill. So the video shows a suspect uh, uh, who apparently recognizes that the officer's young, incompetent, and he advances on him. That's what the article says, that he was incompetent, his incompetence. And he says, you're a, a rook. This is all in video. The bad guy's calling the cop a, a, a rook. Then he says, you're a rookie. Uh, you're a rookie. You don't know. And Hill's chanting this as he as he starts going towards Officer Ash with his gun drawn. And, he's, and he yells, go, go, go. So... Um, um, cop says, okay, stay right there. Don't move. Just stay right there. So this is what Officer Ash is requesting of the suspect is approaching him with the gun drawn. But the video shows the man keeps coming at the officer, and the officer did not draw his weapon. So the video shows the officer using his radio to let the dispatcher knows that he needs backup because he's got a guy with a gun there. And um, 
and appeared to be going for his gun, but then the suspect tells him not to do that, so the officer complies and doesn't go for his gun anymore. So Officer Ash puts his own hands up in the video, and as the suspect points his gun at him, and the cop's saying, don't shoot, don't shoot. So the officer's shadow in the video, you can see his shadow, shows he's walking backwards away from the armed suspect with his hands up in the air. And um, the suspect is ordering Ash, drop the gun, drop the gun. So um, at this point, I'm not sure, at some point, Officer Ash pulls the gun and fires, but it's hard to tell what exactly is happening when the when the bad guy's telling the cop to drop the gun. And the bad guy says, I'm going to shoot you, or I'm going to shoot you. And uh, then he lunges at the officer, and he tries to steal the officer's gun. So the video shows Officer Ash was still yelling uh, that he didn't have his gun um, out when he actually draws his weapon, fires, and he, armed, and he fires at the armed suspect. So the suspect was not hit, but he runs away into an apartment, barricades himself, Hours-long standoff with police after that. He eventually surrenders, and he's arrested. And uh, Ash is a year-and-a-half veteran of the police department. So that's what we got. Uh, we got seven-and-a-half minutes. Chief Newman. He needs to resign. This job ain't for him. You, you know, Dave and, and Randy could talk about all the tactics if Dave's up for it. I know his, thro his throat's probably still sore from staying home for the last two weeks. But um, he needs to resign. This, is, this occupation is not for him, period. Thanks, Chief. Lieutenant Randy. Amen to that, brother. He needs to go. That was the worst video I've ever seen in my life. The only reason he's not dead is because of luck. That's it. And I don't think he meant to shoot the guy either. I think it was an AD. This guy was the worst police officer I've ever seen in my life. I can't believe, I can't believe they actually released this video to the public. I would have burned the damn thing. Because it looked, it was the, it made the entire department look like a bunch of idiots. It was ridiculous. Other than that, it was fine. All right. Wow. Go ahead. And, and we got Go Andrew ahead, and David. Go ahead, guys. Jeez. Um, you know, I, what John said, yes. And what Randy said, absolutely. It's, I guess with this guy, this. And I'm not going to call him an officer because he certainly is not. Um, better lucky than good in this case, but your luck is not going to last. So I would take Chief Newman's advice and um, go ahead and resign now while you still have the opportunity to do so in, you know, in an upright position. Because that was, uh, that was one of the most horrible, <clears throat> do absolutely everything wrong that you can possibly do wrong in a, in a confrontation and still survive. That's the amazing part. <clears throat> the, the guy either, and there was no follow-up. I wish there was. What was the gun that the bad guy had? Was it loaded? Um, <clears throat> was that the reason he was trying to get the cop's gun? Because he knew his gun was junk. All the above, all those things interest me. It, not that it matters, uh, just from the standpoint of, of looking at a scenario as to why you should have shot the guy a bunch, as Brett would say. Um, but... Yeah, just just resign. That that's the best thing. All right, thanks, Corporal Andrea. I think while he's on paid administrative leave, I do. I think he needs to reflect on on really what he's doing there and why why he is there because he should not be there. But you know, you know, I sat there and I tried to put myself even in a civilian position. I don't think any civilian would have stood there and looked down the barrel of that gun and not acted. And I think that that's the extreme that you need to kind of look at and where law enforcement is today. And I do think that they're underacting and they're second guessing. 
I don't think that this guy would have acted anyways. I really don't. I don't think he had it in him. But I think that that just, um, to me, it goes to show exactly where we're at with law enforcement today and how either terrified these guys are to act, some of them, and how it's just not in some of the guys that we're hiring. I think that they're just not, they're not there. You know, it's, it's just not in them. And I, I, this is not a career that you can sit there and figure out when you're a year and a half into it that mm, it's just not for me. You know, it's, it's not okay. You need to know that a little bit earlier on, I believe. Thanks, Andrea. Chief. Uh, and Brett. I think Brett had his, Brett, Brett, go ahead. Uh, first off, he violated the rule, and that rule is don't tell people to show me your hands. Don't tell people, show me your hands. And then he say, show me what you got. He's begging that guy to bring that gun. He's begging him. And then at least when he backed up and he went to cover, I thought, okay, he's finally got his head out of his behind, but he still didn't draw the gun even behind cover. And what's really bad is it's not that he was about to get killed, but he would have gotten killed, and then this bad guy would have run loose. Somebody else is going to have to put themselves in jeopardy to overcome this cop's mess. They should have taken that young cop out back, punched him in the throat, summarily strip him of all this stuff and then send him home on a, on a, on a, uh, Uber. Yeah. But, you know, but he's going to be alive. Yeah. Yeah. Chief. Chip, you know, Rand, Randy made a comment that I didn't think about. If he doesn't resign, I would fire him for cowardice, not just trying to be a jerk as the chief or the CEO, but you one, the, the guy's never going to have credibility in the department again. Right. Secondly, you're doing the guy a favor. This, jo this occupation is not for him. So if the guy doesn't resign, technically he probably didn't violate any policy. I, if you have a cowardice one, I would, I, would do, I would make the guy fight to get his job back. I would sleep better as the CEO knowing that I took this youngster out of the occupation that he didn't belong in because he couldn't take it if he doesn't or if he hasn't already resigned. If I was a chief, I think I would do that because you, you, someone's going to have to tell this cat to, you know, to sit up and smell the coffee. And if he can't do it himself, as an agency head, I would fire him for cowardice. Doing him the favor, right. saving his life. Thanks, Chief. I agree. He's gonna he's gonna get himself or someone else killed if he if he stays in law enforcement. So, um, moving along, and let's see, our next one is gonna be uh, another video, and I've got about a minute and a half left. Uh, we're on YouTube, and the channel is This Is Better. New England trooper carries a man with Alzheimer's lost in storm to safety. I thought this was a really moving video, guys. Um, and I don't usually put stuff like this on, but uh, maybe you guys don't feel the way I do about it. But I just watching to just do the conditions and what we were, what we had here. New England State Police Trooper is being celebrated for his heroic efforts. Uh, he located an elderly man with, Al with Alzheimer's, lost in a snowstorm, and he carried the guy to safety. So this is the Maine State Police Department. They shared this dash cam video. Um, they put it on their Facebook account on Wednesday, December 22nd. It shows Trooper Tyler Harrington holding Bernard Perry. The guy's 82 years old, and he's carrying him in his arms and you know to his vehicle. The department said Harrington had located Perry, who was suffering from severe hypothermia and frostbite, and the guy was in a ditch. Main State Police uh, said that troopers gathered intelligence information from a town plow truck driver who claimed that he saw this guy walking in the area early Wednesday morning, and Harrington arrived about 5 a.m. So Trooper Harrington carried Perry to his cruiser as he was unable to walk, and he awaited the arrival of an ambulance. So uh, a compelling uh, video, and people don't usually get to see you know that side of law enforcement, but uh, save this guy's life, no doubt. Um, any comments on that? And if there's not, I'll move to our next topic. So let's see what I got coming up here next. I've got another main topic. 
And this is by Lieutenant Dan Marco. So uh, it's on Police One. It's titled, Have This New Year Be a Renew Year. And, and here, I'll just start it off. It says, times have been tough on all American police officers. And he says that even though you're an honorable officer dedicated to service and guilty of no crime other than trying to do your best, you can uh, you can get in a difficult uh, profession that that profession's been loudly and unjustly maligned in a by a vocal mi minority. So he's talking about how the things have pretty much changed. He's talking about for seasoned officers who long ago answered the sacred calling to American law enforcement. It may help us uh, to remember the oath that we took as young as a young officer as they proudly raised their right hand. And he says, if you choose to do so, consider renewing your commitment to this profession by reading and internalizing the words that he has. Um, and, and we'll put it up. I'm not going to read the, read the whole thing, but he says that you'll find in substance in what he has, the verbiage, very similar to the words you spoke uh, with such feeling all those years ago. And he says, by refusing to quit, you will defeat those who would have all constitutionally guided American police officers surrender to achieve their questionable goals. Guys, commercial break. I'll get back to the story in just one second. No matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning and they've made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first and only company that offer a step-by-step -step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist like Captain Brett Bartlett. Uh, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy. And their training is also approved by major forensic organizations, law enforcement agencies, and firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that Leos need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. You can start the day with online training or register to attend a live seminar. You can also get free training for yourself and the personnel of your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. And, you know, for our, you know, YouTube and Facebook listeners, you know, every once in a while I try to give, you know, uh, producer Will something to do and uh, he just earned his keep. So thanks, Will, for, uh, for keeping me straight there. Um, so uh, on this thing that Dan Marco wrote, he's talking about for seasoned officers who long ago answered the sacred calling to American law enforcement, it may help us. Uh, to remember the oath that we took as young as a young officer as they proudly raised their right hand and he says if you choose to do so consider renewing your commitment to this profession by reading and internalizing the words that he has um and, and we'll put it up i'm not going to read the, read the whole thing but he says that you'll find in substance in what he has the verbiage very similar to the words you spoke uh, with such feeling all those years ago and he says by refusing to quit you will defeat those who would have all constitutionally guided American police officers surrender to achieve their questionable goals. And 
He says the honorable path of high principles and ideals is not an easy path to travel, especially during the time when so many in the world seem to uh, choose a much different and an easier path. However, if you believe, as Marco does, that the American law enforcement uh, profession, it's sacred calling uh, that you may also possess the faith that performing this job is a much uh, in such a manner will result in a life of service uh, and that well lived that you will be greatly rewarded by the big guy upstairs and he's not talking about your chief. I thought it was uh, well written. And, you know, we're always talking about our oath and how guys get off track and holding ourselves to a higher standard. So I, I think that uh, a lot of cops should consider doing that. What do you think, Lieutenant? I think I like the I like the concept. It was a little lengthy for me, um, but but the idea is 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 um, I think um, inspiring. Um, you know, every, every police officer that has any time on it all, um, you know, sometimes we lose sight of, of the reason that we actually got into it. And I think a reminder like this is healthy. So I, I, I think the article is good. Uh, I, I think uh, Marco did a good job writing it. And I, and I like the concept of, uh, of renewing your vow, so to speak. All right. Thanks. Captain Bartlett. I think that uh, whenever a policeman swears in and he says his, his vows, depending on the state and where he's at, I think that the chief or whoever's there at that ceremony should also raise their right hand and they should swear and affirm that they will support and uphold the Constitution and their officers and they will back their officers in good times and bad. And they will do the right thing constantly because now they just go whichever way the wind shoves. And wouldn't that be nice to see? There you Agreed. go. I was waiting for Brett to say something like that. Even though I liked what Randy said, and I generally like Lieutenant Dan, um, this was unfortunately, I think, a big shovelful of cow manure with a, with a, with a big bouquet of flowers sticking on the top of it. <clears throat> um, to, to, for him to intimate that all, it would, all it's going to take is all the, the, the cops around the country to stand in a circle and hold hands and sing kumbaya and, re, and renew their vows, not their, not, not their oath, uh, Chip, it's their oath, not their vows, um, is somehow going to solve the social ills that um, have befallen the country. Um, and granted, he's right, it's a very small minority that's doing it, but unless, as Brett said, um, a lot more layers in this uh, police family that we have start standing up and doing the right thing, including the politicians that consider themselves or that, that are our bosses, the mayors, the, the county council people, uh, things like that, you can hold your hand up and, and renew your oath in the most, most flowery, beautiful way you want, and it's not going to matter a lick, as we can see police officers being politically murdered around the country. So, no, I, I mean, I'm, I'm with him on on the, as Randy said, the, the idea of it, but come on, um, put it where it belongs. All right. You know, thanks, David. Um, and I, I haven't seen Ward smile so much since when you, when you started talking, I just saw a huge grin across Ward's face. Cause apparently I think he loved everything you said, but go ahead, Ward. Well, I was, I was, you're trying to provoke me tonight, Chip. You have two articles from the Epic Times <laughs> And an article by Dan Marcoux, who I generally can't stand. Uh, so I've just got, I wasn't going to bite. I was going to bite. But since David started it, I thought <laughs> this was extremely melodramatic. Um, he didn't say anything I thought was wrong except for one thing. But it was overly melodramatic. And he did say, like he always does, something really stupid, like 
I will never sully my profession by accepting a bribe, gratuity, etc. It seems to me there's better reasons for not accepting briberies or gratuities, uh, gratuities other than selling your profession. All right. Well, thanks. Well, Chief Newman, you want to close out on this? Yeah, I, I agree with Randy. It was a little too long. That's probably why I threw Dave off, because after two sentences, him and Brett are screwed. But um, <laughs> it's, very, it's very Stuart Smalley. You remember Stuart Smalley? You know, I'm good enough. Um, gosh darn it, people like me. You know, after a while, I got a little Pollyannish for me. Um, but I do think self-assessment and, you know, checking why you're still in the game is important. Um I'm not sure if I would have went to the extent that the uh, that the lieutenant did. Uh, I, I thought it was a bit lengthy. It could have been. Uh, I could. I think he could have delivered the message a lot more concise and succinctly to stay away from being Stuart Smalley. But it's not a bad practice to self-assess why you're still in the game. It really, really isn't. I don't know if you had to go through all these these you know different types of uh, protocols and you know different things that he talks about in the article. I did find a little you know like I said a little Stuart Smalley, but. In practice, you know, self-assessment is always a good thing. All right. Thanks, Chief. All right, guys, we've got about three minutes and 20 seconds left. We're going to end with whatever topic we're talking about at the end of this. This will be the end of the first half of the show. So uh, let me go in and just go to um, the COVID updates that I have. I've got some articles, um, and I'm just going to breeze through these. Um, so these are COVID vaccine and mask mandate updates from across the country. NYPD issued a stricter mask policy for the employees and it says that, according to CBS New York, the department on Monday ordered all members to wear a face mask in shared indoor spaces, vaccinated or not. NYPD employees also have to wear a mask whenever interacting with the public, both indoors, outside, uh, indoors and outside. There are exceptions for eating and drinking. And uh, there's an uptick in officers apparently calling uh, in sick, according to CNN. And uh, they're at 7.8% instead of 3% they're the normally at. So that's another issue. Um, Massachusetts State Police Trooper fired over Governor Charlie Baker's COVID uh, vaccine mandate. They did not name him. Uh, a judge temporarily halts a vaccine mandate for the St. Paul Police and for the fire departments. They've got some litigation going from the police and the firefighter unions. Um, there's a uh, natural immunity study that's come out from Washington University School of Medicine saying that you'll, uh, according to their research, you're getting some uh, long-term uh, immunity uh, from natural immunity, having COVID and uh, having you know survived it. And now there's also a poll um, saying that nearly two-thirds of unvaccinated say that they're not going to get the COVID-19 shot. Um, there's all kinds of stats you know, breaking this down, but it says basically 62% of unvaccinated Americans do not plan on ever getting any shots of any COVID-19 vaccine. And it has some other stats on there that we'll have you know, up at the article. Ward, I know your mic's open. You got about a minute and a half, so I wanted to give you some time, so go ahead. One other interesting thing, the Supreme Court has decided to hear arguments on January 7th with respect to the challenges to the OSHA mandate as well as the Medicare, Medicaid workers mandate. These are both federal issues. They may well have an indirect impact on local police officers, but again, this is mainly mainly federal issues, largely statutory, but it will be interesting uh, to see what this Supreme Court does. Uh, great. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I I did not include that. Um, yeah, and I'm kind of curious how that's going to, even though it's it's the ocean and everything, they're dealing with a federal issue. I'm kind of curious what's going to happen, you know, to the states, how they'll be affected from that. And, uh, you know, Ward always talks about, uh, well, a number of us do, you know, I guess the big issue that I have is that uh, natural immunity, 
meaning that you had COVID, you're, you're unvaccinated and you had COVID, so you've got natural immunity to the virus, it, it's never given any credit. And, and that's always, you know, bothered me. And uh, so it'll be nice to, uh, anyhow, it's nice to see these studies that come out and more information. Uh, Chief John, you got 30 seconds. Doesn't make a difference in this case. New York doesn't care if you're vaccinated or unvaccinated. You're going to have to wear the mask. So whether or not you had natural immunity in this case doesn't mean they has no standing. Vaccination or unvaccination, your mask is mandatory. No, you're right. And, and not just there, but elsewhere. But it, it drives me crazy when we have other jurisdictions that treat the vaccinated and the ones with natural immunity differently. So, um, well, guys, uh, I have a video that we can start off with now. It's on Police One. It's an unlicensed driver drags a cop, runs over her leg in an attempt to evade arrest. I believe that we've got uh, two vehicle videos back to back here. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Thank you to the panelists. We've reached the halfway point uh, for the show. So, uh, you know, I, I think that all of our radio stations are currently currently carrying the full 90-minute version, which makes for two hours on radio. So, guys, stay tuned. The second half of the show is going to be starting in just one second.